0: Welcome to the NFT Project, a podcast where we explore the world of NFTs, decentralized technology, the blockchain, and all things related to the future of music. We're your hosts, Boy King Koi and Project DJ. On
1: the podcast, we'll be highlighting projects we love, insights we've gained from others, as well as sharing what we've
2: learned from running Project DJ. So join us every week as we find out how these blockchain technologies will shape the future of music and the world around us.
0: This
1: is the NFT Project. Welcome back to the podcast. NFT Project here, Brock, Aaron, and of course, Jai. And today, another special guest, Ed from Festival Pass. How are you going, Ed?
3: Good. How are you guys doing? Good.
1: We're all amazing. Yeah, good. Oh, sorry, I was just it's having a awesome. sip of my coffee.
0: <laughs>
1: um, we got you on today because you have a very special project that you're looking to take into Web3. Festival Pass, why don't you tell us a little bit how you got into the space, what interested you, and and a little bit about your your business.
3: Sure, sure. I, I think part of the understanding of where we are today with Festival Pass has a little bit of my personal entrepreneurial journey, journey that will help. Um, tell me if it, if it gets too detailed. Uh, I'm happy <laughs> to jump quickly to Web3. But um, I've been an entrepreneur for well over 20 years. Uh, started as an investment banker in New York City, and um, launched my first e-commerce company in 1999 in the old uh, Internet Internet 1.0, as they called it. Um, totally. And yeah, now we're, we're now we're in three, so can't wait till four. No, just kidding. Um, so <laughs> in Internet 1.0, it was an e-commerce company. Uh, ended up selling that company in 2001, uh, and then uh, that that. The point of what I'm going to share with you is each of these journeys that I had kind of started getting me to a point of why Festival Pass today. And uh, that was really my first introduction to commerce online, the ability to actually sell online. And um, there was there was a lot that came from that. Uh, the reason we even started that company, a good friend of mine and I used to throw these big, you know, a couple thousand people in New Year's parties in New York City. Uh, and it was the first time where I was like, well, hey, this is amazing. We can actually accept a credit card online for this ticket uh, rather than You know, going running around New York City collecting cash on street corners for people to prepay for their New Year's party. Um, That led to the business we had, which was called City Stuff and it made cities famous, and we sold that in 2001. Um, but then my second business after that was a was more of an agency, um, but it was an experiential marketing agency. Um, we had about seventy people, and it was a uh, we would bring a lot of big brands to big special events. So whether that event was a concert, a festival, uh, we we had a lot of film festivals. We helped launch uh, one in Vale, Vale, Colorado. Another one we worked with in Sonoma County, or the wine country here. And then uh, I owned one down in the Dominican Republic. Um, in addition, there was just a lot of these events. We would big. Be- bring brands to, and it really made me fall in love with the idea of what an event is. It's a it's a moment in time. It's a special thing that an audience comes together and shares something um, that only is at that moment. Only that audience is there at that moment with that artist doing that thing. Uh, and that works pretty much cross-genre, but obviously music tends to be the one that everybody thinks about. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but that happens at sporting events that happens in a Broadway theater that happens everywhere. Um, so anyway, I fell in love with live events. Fast forward, um, next business I had, I had that business for many, many years. And then uh, after that I was in the SAS business. Uh, I had a, you know, it was my only diversion out of entertainment. It was, uh, in the uh, franchise and most multi-unit business. Um, but we made a B2B product that we sold to multiple unit franchises that they use. But what it, brought to to me the prevalence it brought to me was the concept of recurring revenue so how do you have recurring revenue from a business <clears throat> that allows you to better plan the business allows you to understand um you know how to forecast uh, revenue models um so sold that business in 2014 and then had a uh had a data consultancy once again in the entertainment business so for about three or four years it was called predict analytics still exists today uh one of my partners bought me out but um we, we helped big brands and coming from Australia, it's, it might be a little different in terms of the names of the brands. You might know them from some of the TV shows, but there's a uh, and Networks, which is one of the biggest kind of TV companies out there. Um, and then a- AMC Networks, you might know some of the shows like uh, Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or Mad Men or any of that. So a lot of these companies would come to my firm and say, well, hey, we really want to understand our consumer audience. How do we do that? So we would build infrastructure that allowed them to aggregate data, um, enrich data and then use that for various use cases. <clears throat> Fast forward a little bit, um, there were a bunch of film studios and film clients that also would use our services, and there was a company that was kind of legendary uh, for the. Or I would say, what's the word? Billy the Kid. He's not legendary. He's infamous. There's a there's a company that was infamous here in uh, in America called MoviePass, uh, and some people have heard of it, but it was a company that. Uh, Had a pretty bad business model, um, but they had a great product market fit where they grew to over three and a half million subscribers and a half a billion in revenue very quickly, but realized they couldn't really sustain the model that they had. And there's numerous reasons for that because of the way the film business works. But they had hired my firm to understand their data. And once I was in there, I was really their de facto chief data officer. And I spent time digging into the data and really, really understanding um, what makes the ability for things within a community or within a subscription model make sense um so that was the formation of i was like well hey the live events business i love it already for my experiential days yeah I you like, can kind of
1: see it forming from like the, yeah. the previous work that you've had
3: yeah it's like i like i like a recurring SaaS model that's why i want to build the membership model um i like the you know the concept of transacting online that's commerce um, so all of it comes I started building out the idea that hey the live events business as I think you guys know is a massive 200 billion dollar global business <clears throat> but it really hasn't had that much innovation I mean there's tons of different pieces that get innovated on but the ticketing business has always been clunky very transactional mm-hmm. yeah, not, I think, um,
1: I think that, we had what was it like 1.8 billion just in Australia for Live Nation um, in I believe the first it. quarter so you know, it's yeah. it's a massive, and that that was breaking their, their previous records, like for for Australia ever. So they broke yep. broke their records just coming out of COVID. So it's 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 a massive industry, and and uh, you're completely right. It's it's still searching for the, the the use case that's easy that 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 is um, you know that that a user can have a good experience with, rather than kind of just being like ah. Oh,
3: I yeah, oh I, 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 not, I hate paying the transaction fee. It's non-transparent. <laughs> I think I'm paying a hundred bucks for a ticket, and it's 165 by the time I check out. Um, <laughs> all those things, everybody just hates. Um, but what's interesting, and I'll bridge it now to Web3, is that um, when we started the business, and this was right before COVID, we actually launched it, but it was really under this premise that um, there's a membership community. And if you have this community of people that are subscribing and becoming members, not only can they get value out of it and they should get, we should be giving back to the community as opposed to purely taking transaction fees on top of them. Um, How does that build this overall passion driven community where people can, can help each other and come together both in real life and then within our environment to share passions around music, around sports, around theater, et cetera. Um, But little did I realize at the time that web three, um, isn't just a technology, but it's a philosophy, right? And, and that philosophy plays extremely well into everything. I'm writing that down. (laughs) 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 But, but it's true, right? It's, it's, it's all about the community uh, around it, right? So it's kind of like this shared ownership of something. It doesn't have to mean pure equity in the company. It's a shared ownership in this thing that we're coming together as. So as, 2021 came to be, and you know, while of course crypto has been around for a while, you know, the the, I think uh, 2021 was the year of the NFT, and it was like, oh, okay, well, now there's more mass is the wrong word, there's more adoption of this concept where a community can come together and be a part of something. Um, And it, it got me super excited because we already tried to. Begin building this concept of a community, but now there was this tool, this mechanism called an NFT, that exists that allows us to then take it to a level where we can actually execute upon some of the things that we've been talking about. Um, so I'll leave it at there because I've been talking a lot. <laughs> 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 you guys tell me what you want to know, and then I'm happy it, to. It's great
1: when we. You. It's great when we have a guest because we actually love we love the space so much, and we're so uh, excited to hear about people's journey. So I think we kind of tend to, in those early stages when someone's introing themselves, just want to listen and, and catch the whole story. But that that sounds amazing. And, and as, as I said, uh, sort of when I cut you off in the middle there, the your journey kind of right. writes itself. You are, with every single job, kind of taking your steps towards your current position. And then as you said, you found the Web3 community to be kind of where you wanted to be and, and, and fix the issues that you can kind of see in that, in that ticketing space. Uh, did you feel with Festival Pass, did you feel like, because obviously ticketing can be fixed across all kinds of events. Did you just have a more of a, an affinity with music um, in particular, or you just felt like that's the strongest market? So I might, I might just lean towards that.
3: Uh, no. So, so um, as a, uh, the name may not, uh, show its colors. So Festival Pass is not just music. Festival Pass is, uh, it's not even just festivals. um, We have over 80,000 live events that are concerts and sporting events and Broadway theater and food and wine events. So it's really any live event. Um, To be all, to be extremely honest is the reason for the name uh, was twofold. One was um, festivals are just a lot of fun and I enjoy them and it brings about a smile on people's face when they think about the last festival they're in. Um, so I, I, I kind of looked at it as it's a name that allows people to have, uh, uh, an immediate connection to the brand. Um, okay. Festival pass. And then they'll discover that, yes, we have concerts and yes, we have football and basketball and baseball events and both kinds of football. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 should just say all three kinds of football. Cause you yeah. guys would call it rugby club. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but uh, but the idea is it's really all events, uh, and then the second reason uh, it was named Festival Pass is I've I've had that domain since I think two thousand one uh, when when uh, when we started uh, working with a lot of events back in the day. I just really enjoyed uh, the idea that maybe someday somebody could buy into something that allows them access to everything.
2: As someone who worked uh, well, like built a business in Web One. Um, just to maybe like zoom out, what kind of excites you about like Web3? Like I imagine like Web1 was exciting. What what excites you the most about Web3?
3: Yeah, I touched a little bit on it. It's the idea that um, everybody can share in it, that, that it's a collective concept towards a goal rather than it just being linear. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that excites me. And then the second biggest thing is, uh, you know, coming from finance, um, it's just, I love... C- creative ways to do things that can be enabled by tools. So, you know, when everybody says NFT, you know, the reason why we have a high utility NFT and we can talk about the actual project uh, in a little bit, but it's like, um, the fact that the smart contract exists makes it super uh, accessible for us to roll out a project like we're doing. Um, and that, we can utilize that smart contract for enhancing secondary market trading and all the things that go with it. Um, that kind of kind of underlying functionality that exists on the blockchain is just super exciting to me.
0: Yeah, I, think I love what you said about... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, John. <laughs> I was just going to say, I love what you said about community, how it's like a tool to help build community, because I think that's what a lot of people uh, sort of have been missing, is that we've got to think of it as a tool to build community still. It's not like... Just having an NFT means that you're going to have this awesome, amazing community. It's just another sort of piece of the puzzle to help us build that kind of a thing, isn't it?
3: Yes. No. No, I agree. And and when we get into sharing some of the things we're trying to do, not trying to do, are doing around it, um, I, I can give examples of the why on that.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say before. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, like number number one, the name festival pass, and then it correlates to that experience that you're talking about, where you have those kind of moments at events at festivals that you remember. And we we've said it a lot, and that's why we're we're heavy in music and heavy in the music NFT space is because of those moments and capturing those moments and that feeling. And we were talking about it uh, in an episode. I can't remember which episode it was, where we the correlation between music and your mind in that kind of capturing that moment and then we feel that 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 music nft or the nft space in general will eventually realize what it's missing out and it won't just be that art it won't just be music it'll be things like that where it is more capturing the moments and i think that's where you're kind of leaning towards with the the founders um like your founders nft pass is that correct yeah
3: yeah, so it might be helpful to <clears throat> tell the audience first of all the yeah, general concept of a festival pass. Right, is yeah. people pay a monthly, monthly or annual membership fee. Um, it ranges, you know, anywhere from nineteen to ninety nine dollars a month, or if it's annualized, it would be annualized in a little discount. But the idea is they get uh, they pay that fee and they get credits. And with those credits, they can redeem those to go to any of these 80,000 live events. It could be a small show in their local town that might be 10 or 20 credits, or it could be a large festival that might be three or 400 credits. Um, so it's up to them to decide what they do with those credits, and it really kind of democratizes the experience. So it, it, people... They're committing to living. Our, our tagline is "Live life, live." So they're committing to live uh, a, a life, live, uh, and by doing so, they they can choose the experience they want to choose.
1: And you, sorry to interrupt. You can just to capture it as well. Do you uh, with the credits? So you can kind of save those up as well. To you know, Correct. in essence, like you've got your subscription, but then you can wait a year and then use those credits to. Kind of yeah so the, yeah.
3: exactly the credits do not expire as long as you're you know a, a member in good standing of, of, of the platform they'll just continue to roll over so it's almost like a savings account um, and you know a layaway and a savings however you want to look at it um, but in addition to that you get other cool benefits like uh, we have over 600,000 hotel rooms on the platform that are discounted hotel rooms so it's like by being a member not only not only can you use credits to go to events, you don't pay ticketing fees, right? So that was one of the things we wanted to remove is that lack of transparency where you think it's a hundred bucks and then it ends up being 165. <clears throat> we've we've modeled it out so that if something's 20 credits and you go redeem it, it's 20 credits. Um, and usually on our platform, people are paying about 20, 30% less than they would anywhere else for a ticket. So the idea is for us, as long as you're committing to be a member and we can Uh, predict that recurring revenue, we're willing to give uh, much of our margin back to our consumer um, because it helps us plan the business and everybody wins, right? It's less for the consumer. We get a better planned business and then net, net, everybody wins.
0: That's awesome. So, What about how we bring the Web3 into it then? Because most of what we spoke about was the subscription stuff. So I'm interested to hear what you guys are doing with bringing it into Web3 then.
3: Yeah, exactly. So uh, what's exciting is, so we're launching um, our first NFT project, which is the Founders NFT. And uh, in our regular uh, Web2 model, the founder is the highest level subscription. So it's a $99 a month or about uh, $1,100 a year, which is about $1,200 worth of credits every year. So the first utility, so we created this thing called the Festival Family. And that's our kind of uh, high level name of what our project is uh, within the festival family. Um, we're launching the founders NFT and we're only going to do 10,000 in total. And we'll never again, even if we have millions of subscribers, which we hope to have um, we'll never relaunch uh, you know, a founders NFT. So it's kind of one of those things to get into now. Um, what it is is the utility of that founders NFT is you immediately get a um, an annual founders membership to the platform, which is about $1,200 worth of credits to go to any event you want to go to every year forever for life. So you own the NFT every single year, boom, it resets to 1,200 credits in your account. Um, You can go to any festival, go to any live event, and at the annual time again from the mint date, boom, you get 1,200 more credits in your account. so that's the first immediate utility. And, and when I think of NFT projects and utility, uh, a lot of people have roadmaps. And I think, you know, for me, there's an immediate utility from the moment you buy it. So there, you don't have to wait a year for the roadmap to come to fruition. It, it, it exists today. Um, so that's one piece. And then the second piece is we'll continue to add on really interesting, cool things to that in order to keep the floor price up. One of the things that I'm really excited about is um, we're going to be doing quarterly what I would call bucket list events. So these are events that we're going to let the community, the people that own the NFTs choose which ones we hold. But every quarter, there's going to be a really, really cool, amazing event that only our NFT holders can go to. It won't, none of our regular subscribers will be able to go to it. It may be something like, you know, a list artist playing for 500 people as opposed to 50,000. It may be, um, a professional, uh, athlete, um, having a hundred people in a couple luxury boxes in an arena. And then afterwards, everybody has dinner with a bunch of the players. Um, It could be, you know, on the food and wine side, there's some celebrity chefs and we might do a dinner for a hundred people with one of these celebrity chefs that can interact with them and hang out with them and all that kind of stuff. So that's the exciting thing because we already have the traditional Web2 business. We're able to make these things happen and curate these experiences that only our NFT holders will have. And then, we'll, of course, we'll continue down the road with other cool traditional things uh, to add value to keeping that floor price up.
1: Yeah, it kind of leans leans itself towards. It's something that I feel is going really well in the space where you kind of you don't have to worry about marketing per se in the grand scale. As long as you get those initial ten thousand in, your marketing kind of takes care of itself after that. With all those experiences that you're talking about, because then all you would do is you would. Take those experiences and create content from those, and that's your marketing because it's it's people yeah. having experiences with your brand, and then you can go. Well, I don't need to do anything because there's real people having real experiences as a part of our family. So I don't need to go out and create a a million dollar ad spot because I ha- I could just go get a, a videographer to film this content for the day, and and I have you know 20, 20 different bits of content that I can roll out that that are, are our fans connecting with with you know. Their fans, basically.
3: True. True. Absolutely. And I think another thing on top of that is when we build this community of these initial ten thousand NFT holders, but of course, in so doing, you know, hopefully our Discord will grow larger than that. um, That are even people outside of the NFT will start building around like web three is really kind of what's driven outside of gaming has driven this discord community um, process, if you will. Uh, And what I love about it is we can obviously give our NFT holders special access to channels within discord so they can interact themselves, but it also allows the full discord community to share in that, you know, call it the FOMO that's happening with some of the people that have the NFT. So they can be like, Oh shit. I didn't know next quarter. I don't know, pick the artist. You like Bruno Mars is playing in Austin, Texas. I want to, I'm going to go to the secondary market and snatch that up because I really want to go.
1: Yeah, you've got to swap the NFTs between each other. Yeah.
2: And just on that, Ed, um, Festival Pass, is that only um, America only at the moment?
3: At the moment, uh, good question. If you may or may not have seen, we were just in Billboard Magazine um, and they talked about our expansion, and uh, it actually was an Australian. um, writer that wrote about it, um, but uh, the answer is yes. Currently, it is North America. Um, <clears throat> as we continue to grow here in North America, uh, we'll probably expand to Europe first, and then after Europe, we'll be Australia, and then after that, a couple other markets. But at
2: least yeah, we're in so top we're, three.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the, the hardest thing for us over here in Australia. We find it um, so many things we want to collect. I think after party came up in our radar, and we're still watching it um, unfold now. And you look at it you like, well, we can't go to LA. <laughs> to, we, can't, sure. we can't go to the, the after-party house anytime. So there's no point in us collecting an NFT that we can't utilize. But it, we're looking forward to, to having, you know, things like Festival Pass bleed into Australia.
3: Yeah, well, the beautiful thing is, as you know, is, uh, you know, in owning an NFT, it's either, you can either use the utility, as, as we're mentioning, um, or knowing other people will want to use it. So <laughs> the value of the NFT will likely, you know, increase after mint because of that. Uh, and therefore, you know, it's also a good investment, even outside of a, this is not an investment advice, but uh, <laughs> um, there's one other thing I should share that uh, is interesting about our structure of the NFT. Do you mind if I mention it? Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, it's one I haven't seen before and I don't know if I'm going to shoot myself in the foot for going this path or not, but I like to try unique different things. Um, so there are they're 10,000 NFTs, but we're doing it in 10 tranches. So when we when we go to public mint nice. in June, it's, just, it's going to be only 1,000 of that initial tranche. And that 1,000 is going to be at a relatively low price. It's going to be a, a, you know where Ethereum is today, it's going to be at a price that's not much more than one year subscription to the platform. Um, so that first thousand people that buy it are going to be getting an amazing deal. And then once we sell out, the second tranche is going to go up by like 0.2 ETH and then we're going to sell the second tranche and then after that, it's going to go up another 0.2 ETH until we mint out all 10,000. Um, so it's a unique structure and part of the reason I think for us to do that is because of these future things that people will be starting to go to the marketing in itself will help build that um, build the the drive of the investment going forth because people will begin to see, oh yeah, I can actually redeem this and go to really cool events. Will and you also want
2: to, you also be- want to reward the people who are like your day one yeah. fans as well. Agreed. Um, for the best yeah. agreed. So yeah, I think that's a great, a great, um, a great idea.
0: And this is something we've talked about on the show before is that we want see people doing these kind of a things you're doing with these launches that are you know not all the big you know one drop i think that you know i've spoken about a bit on twitter and that, that i'd want to see people doing things like what you're doing where they do these drops that are maybe a month apart or like that and they have interesting yep. tiered structures in terms of like pricing and stuff, so I think that's really cool that you're you're doing that. And I, I personally think that that's the way a lot of this stuff will go, because like you said, those first thousand people will get it, and they'll sort of be like, "Oh, this is so awesome," and they'll do you know almost do the marketing for you for the next thousand that you drop a month later. And the people who missed out and fomoed on the first one will want to get you know get in on the second one. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really smart way, and I'm definitely keen to see how it pans out for you guys.
3: Cool. No, I appreciate that, and I think another thing that is helpful is we already have a core underlying business, right? So um, we're in this for the long haul, and you know, one of the things when you guys get a chance, and uh, our kind of page, uh, our project page website will be up in the next day or two um, to get more information on. Um, it's going to be festivalfamily.live, um, but the point I'm trying to make is you'll see that. You know, we have a bunch of experienced founders that are part of it. We're all fully doxxed. Um, we have about 12 or 13 advisors, investors that have had massive success in general stuff in life. Um, so the point is, is there's hopefully that credibility issue that people can look at and be like, oh wow, okay, these guys, they're in it for the long haul. Um, they're dro- we're not looking to mint 10,000, take the money and do nothing with it. That's like The idea is as we do these tranches and drops, it enables us to continue to build that community and make sure that the dollars that are coming in from the NFTs are being put back into the community for really exciting things. Mm. The,
1: the best thing for you guys is you already have an example business. You're already running a, a business that's in real life. So people yeah. can already look at that and see that there is trust that built there. There is something going on and, and you're just using the NFT to add even more value to their customers, which is, you
3: know,
1: why wouldn't they want to be a part of that? One thing I did want to ask was, uh, will there be any rarity games with the NFTs? <laughs> Good question.
3: So there, there's two pieces to the rarity side. So yep. um, remember I said we're doing 10 tranches. Each tranche is going to be a different art. <clears throat> so uh, so the festival family idea, It's. I'm glad you asked this question because sometimes I forget to explain it. The whole <laughs> festival family idea... We're, we're all
1: about rarity here on the <laughs> NFT project. Uh,
3: <laughs> is, uh, so each each of these 10 tranches there'll be a thousand of each per, of these personas so if you think about the way people are when they go to a festival it's a or they it's a it's a family of ten and <laughs> the, re- the, the reason why 10 makes sense to me is like I've, I've read so many books books on the concept of human psychology. There's really only 16 personality types that exist in the world. Um, We're just happening to use about 10 of them. Uh, And they're not really the actual personality types. It's just really, who, who do you identify with? So like the first tranche, is uh, the the arts is going to be a rocker you know he might look a little bit like lenny kravitz even though we're not trying to make him look like lenny kravitz um but it's like that kind <laughs> of rocker feel <laughs> lenny give us give us a call please don't <laughs> um, um but uh but so for example that will be the first thousand and of course um there'll be rarities within that first thousand there'll be you know i, I think if i'm correct there's there's a certain hair color that only shows up like four or five times out of the thousand. And, uh, and obviously there's a few other pieces that exist in that. Um, any, the, any,
1: any little hints that, you know, so we can make sure we're on top of that, that secondary market for the first. Well, well for the secondary,
3: <laughs> for the secondary market, you'll probably realize that the, obviously on mint, you won't know what you're getting. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's, so, so there's a, a very rare hair color I'm trying to think there's a, I think there's one pretty rare uh, neck- necklace, um, but outside of that, there's a you know you, you'll notice that as it collects. I'm sure on OpenSea, it will be able to tell you exactly what what's going on there. Um, but then Persona Two. Um, Maybe, we have all the personas, but I'm trying to decide on when to launch each one, but the second uh, drop will likely be a female of some sort, a female rocker in capacity, Um, and then we'll have like a DJ for people that love EDM and, you know, that kind of music, we'll have, um, you know, a sports character of some sort that uh, is in the people in the sports realm. We might have like a crooner, like if you think of like a Frank Sinatra type, but more in a younger version. Um, So anyway, the point is, is all these different personas are kind of existing for the collection of people that might identify differently. And I'm hoping that drives a little bit of the secondary market excitement, whereas you might mint, quote unquote, Lenny Kravitz early on because you get the best price, but, you know, three or four chances yeah. Yeah, down the road, you see the DJ pop up and you're like, shit, I want the DJ. So you sell your landing and get the DJ. Yeah,
0: cool. Yeah, nice. I was going to ask um, just a little bit about like the credits and stuff, because I just had an idea when uh, Brock was saying that uh, we wouldn't be able to use the, the passes if we were to get them. But can you save those credits up with these passes then? So if we were to save you know if i was to buy one of these nfts could i have it up for the year or does it reset at the end of the year i know this is pretty specific but just thinking for it's anyone it, in australia yeah so
3: it does reset at the end of the year so in our okay, in our, our general web2 yeah. yeah you ha- you have to within the year so every year that it's owned and this is another fun secondary market um gamification we're trying to play with is that <clears throat> when everybody mints let's say pick June 30th as a a date you might mint. Um, And then each tranche will mint at a different time thereafter. But there's 12 months from the date of mint. So you get 1,200 credits or the equivalent of $1,200 worth of credits. I think it's 1,080 credits. And you get that on your mint date. And then every year thereafter on the mint date, it replenishes. So on the secondary market, you might find one of our NFTs that has 30 days left before it refreshes. And that, NFT may or may not have a thousand credits or it might have 20 credits. So people, people should be able to, you know, do their own analysis to figure out, well, which one is the best deal? Like, which is it the art that they like, or is it the fact that, Hey, uh, there's a thousand credits left and in 90 days, it's going to replenish. And then I, I need, I'm going to use those thousand credits and then immediately get 1200 or 1100 more, you know, in 30 days or 90 days. So it's the idea of trying to play with the pricing so you can understand what's the best offer, what's the best way to make money on it, is there arbitrage? Um, you know, I want to leave that to the community to figure out. Um, for us, because the liability can be so great because it's in perpetuity forever, we couldn't let those roll over. We wouldn't be able to maintain that yeah. liability.
2: <laughs> Will there be any yeah. kind of... Uh, like? <laughs> I bought 100 tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be any kind of lookup form? for... Um, like if I can look up like a certain token ID and see like how many credits are attached to that?
3: There will be, yeah. So not only, um, we'll, we'll have it right within our uh, our mint page, right? The, the same uh, page that we're minting on, we'll have a little button that says token lookup. And what you'll do is you'll take your, um, your ID and just put the NFT ID in and it will tell you how many days left and how many tokens left.
2: Sweet.
1: Perfect. Yeah, that's been a big part of a lot of other... Um, gamification of other nfts that we've seen like the biggest question mark was always like how do i know if it's been used how do i know yep if i'm buying something that's not already dead so I th- having that from launch is fantastic because a lot of people other kind of had to scramble um in a sense to to put that together so it's such a such a
0: a good fit to market
3: yep no i, I appreciate you bringing it up but that's yeah it was very important to us from day one
0: and I think that's another important thing is that we've spoken about a lot about projects having stuff ready to go on launch. And that's like perfect for what you guys are doing. You've already got that business set up. All you guys really have to do is launch the NFT and then it's, you know, it's all ready to go and integrated. So that's really I think that's a model that a lot of people need to start looking more at, like doing what you guys have done and actually have a business or have something ready. It's not like, you know, you see all these projects, they're like they meet out and then they're like, oh, now we're going to do this. And it's like, oh, so you don't yep. actually have anything ready. So it's kind of refreshing to see that you guys have that, you know, ready to go straight away. And I think that's maybe what we're going to see a lot more of people coming from that Web 2 space to Web 3 with things already existing. And, you know, yourself coming from Web 1 to Web 2 to Web 3, <laughs> um, you know, you're going to understand all the sides of it. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens and come with you guys to come to Australia. I was like getting so excited yeah. then. And I was like, oh, you're not in Australia yet. Damn it. <laughs> That's Soon enough. Day. Well,
3: <laughs> the more successful the this uh, Mint is and the more successful we continue to build the business, the quicker we get to Australia. So you got to tell everybody.
1: <laughs> one, one, no, question, one, one question I did have as well was, uh, how long was the whole process from, you know, inception you know, obviously, we're, we all were, have been a part of the hype of NFTs over the last eighteen months. Um, it's been hard not to be swept up in it if you are on the internet, essentially, and you're active on the yep. internet. From from that point to now, how long did it take you to come up with the concept, and then how long did it take you to to find the team, and then you know the ability to integrate it with your current system?
3: All good question. So um, <clears throat> I'd say it was towards the end of last year where I personally started taking a uh, pretty deep interest in understanding what we can do in the NFT space. Obviously, you know, throughout most of 2021, I was spending time learning about it, um, you know, understanding w- what what it is, trying to understand how NFTs fit within the crypto overall Web3 environment and then um, started really just trying to figure out, well, what is what is our how are we going to engage in this world? Because it just felt so right for the what we're trying to build. And to be honest, the first path we thought of going was um, really enabling and helping some of the artists that we know um, be able to build kind of mini digital fan clubs within our platform. And then through those mini digital fan clubs, launch an NFT that then gave some of our members that they were engaging with some value, some kind of utility or value. And then what I realized at one, it was like, an aha. And and it's not that it was so brilliant because other people have thought about it, but it was this gateway to the membership side of it was to say, okay, well, what makes this thing special and what makes this thing amazing is that if we can offer, if we can model out the ability financially to offer a lifetime NFT that just keeps going in perpetuity and give that person an asset that they can resell, in the future, they can use it. Like a, I, I like to try and share. So I'm not answering your question directly, but you're talking about the timing. But uh, but the idea of the utility is that something you can use for multiple years and then still resell it for more than you paid for it. So for me, that actually puts some level of ownership in the hands of the community, meaning that they can enjoy it and participate, but still make money on the core asset that they bought to begin with. And yeah, you're not,
1: you're not risking your users, you know, you're not putting them up against the wall and, and throwing them in a place where they might not necessarily make their money back or make the value back. Um, you're giving them a real opportunity to to see more than, you know, like in that, that 2X, that 5X, that 10X of value from something, which is what you should see from a membership. That's why you buy a membership is so you can, so number one, I love this product. Number two, I'm doing it because I want to get some value. Because and, I, I, I already believe in it so much that I want to then get the best price, get the best value from it.
3: Yeah, and those those that join early are the ones that get the most value, right? Because they're they should be just like in the traditional finance world. If you're investing early in a company, you're the one who should get the biggest return when when it go, when it's successful. Um, so so that was the reason behind it. But then to answer your direct question on timing, it was really you know probably. January, February this year where the kind of light bulb went off that said we have to do this in perpetuity utility for the membership and then kind of just started really building out the team. We obviously have a core Web2 team uh, building the traditional product. Um, But uh, in, in Austin, I'm part of something called the ATX DAO, which is a group of a couple hundred people that are in Austin that have come together to really kind of drive the crypto community. And through that, I met a group um, when I was seeking out some Web3 developers. I met a group that said, well, hey, you know, we actually, they're called PolyNX and you'll, you, people will even see it on our page. We're going to call out who they are. But um, they built in an infrastructure that allows um the ability to mint and and uh, customize that. Like I didn't wanna go mint on another platform per se, um, but I wanted to use a platform so we can mint on our own, you know, nft.festivalpass.com and still control it and then have that customization so that when somebody mints their NFT, we can connect that token back to their membership account on Festival Pass. And the moment they connect their wallet back to Festival Pass, we can now redeem it and we can have that relationship. Um, so I was lucky to come across a a group that had had success, some success doing it. One of the, the had a product there is in my ATX DAO group, and it was it was a, like an immediate connection that said, "Okay, this is reasonable. Um, the cost makes sense, and it saves me the pain of hiring a couple or or more than a couple Web three developers, and maybe or maybe not having success."
1: Um, just to go completely off subject here, and I, when you mentioned ATX DAO, I was immediately interested, and then I started thinking of formulating other ideas of how to create our own here and involve people that are in the Web three space. What? How did you get involved with that? And 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 um, what was the process of like? Did you buy an NFT, or is it just was it just investment, or was it just a Discord group and there's no money?
3: Yeah, so there is money. So um, so I got involved because uh. I'm part of a, a different, just general entrepreneur group that has it exists in Australia as well. It's called EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization. Someone I've been involved with for over 15 years, um, and there's chapters all over the world. But um, there was somebody that I had knew, known from that organization who just was kind of deep into the crypto space. And through some of the conversations, he said, "Well, I know you're getting really excited to move into Web3. Do you, you know, you should check out this DAO." And I said, "Okay, well." What are they? So obviously, that low. Check them out and see what they're all about. Um, they they were created a little about a year ago, um, but they started kind of creating um, classes or groups, which said, okay, the first initiation will of the first thirty people uh, can join uh, and actually buy an NFT to join join the the DAO. Of course, there's a community bigger than the members per se, but you basically have to be accepted in as a member. Um, So once I applied and got to meet a few of the people, they accepted my application. They said, yes, you know, we would like you to be a part of it. Um, And then, you know, we're going to mint the next class, if you will, uh, coming up on this date. So as long as I had my wallet ready, uh, my my address was already, you know, pre-accepted. Uh, I then minted an NFT. I think at the time it was like 0.65 ETH. Um, so it was, you know, at the time, that's when that's when ETH was, I think, 3,400. So it was a little <laughs> higher. Um, so I probably yeah. paid about 2,500 bucks to join this group. Um, but it, was, and it, it seems
1: like it was invaluable in the end though.
2: You know, Yeah, just e- even...
3: Exactly. And then there's been more than just the one, but even the one itself was worth every penny of it. Um, yeah, anyway, I think that answers your general question.
1: Yeah, I, uh, it was kind of... I. I You answered it exactly how I thought you would, which is I just wanted to show, you know, have our listeners understand that the space is so much more sometimes than the project that you're involved in, that everyone here is looking to help. Um, And there are communities sprouting up like this ATX DAO, like other DAOs, like other discords that are, are completely focused on bringing the minds of the space together because we're right at the start. So that everyone's trying to like scoop the individuals up, the smartest individuals in the room, the smartest businesses, and bring them all together so that they know that they have that, those resources ready to go. Also, it's like, who do I connect with?
3: Uh, I was going to say, it also helps because uh, you know obviously we want Austin to be kind of on the forefront of you know Web3 and crypto in general. So by having a couple hundred people all connected in this space we get an audience with the mayor, we get an audience with other organizations or companies coming into Austin. So it's just a way to kind of have a little bit of weight and power rather than just a few people that are interested in web 3.
1: Yeah, and be be ahead of the market essentially as well.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing. So is there any any plans...
0: Do we have any plans, like, I know you haven't announced when you're going to launch these, but you, you did mention June 30 as an example. Are we talking, like, mid-year, end of the year, like, just any rough idea of when you guys are, are looking to start launching these?
3: Yeah, no, we'll, we'll launch soon. So the the reason we don't have the full answer, the tech's already all done and built, and we're ready to go, the art's ready to go. Um, we... uh we were a little late on building it, starting our discord. So, um, you know, we just kind of started that a couple weeks back. So, and we just started kind of opening it up to the public. So just as a, uh, how do I say a, a responsible manager of the business, um, we want to make sure we move it to, you know, get about 10,000 people into that discord before we even launch the first thousand. So that's going to be kind of directly correlated to it. Um, and you know, part of it is, we're going to do a small private sale to some people in our network um, probably over the next couple of weeks, but the majority of the lion's share of that thousand will go to people on the allow list and then people that join on the public mint. So um, we'll start letting people into the allow lists in a couple of weeks as well. Um, and then the idea being by the time we go to public mint, which will likely be at the end of June. So uh, I'm not too far off on that either last week of June, first week of July, um, maybe at worst mid July will be the public the per- first public mint, um, but again people that come to our Discord will find ways to get on the allow list prior to there. There'll be some things they can do to get on.
1: What's what is your plan to fill up the Discord? Because this is something that everyone in the space is either doing well with or struggling with, and it's always interesting to hear someone else's take um, on this. I actually heard a really a really recent one. You know, ads ad social media marketing ads are starting to work and just hearing how people kind of reverse engineering that on, on bringing people in the space instead of marketing their project, they're more looking to build a Discord around helping people. Um, yep. But yeah, I just wanted to hear your your thoughts and, and how you guys were managing that.
3: Sure. So w- we'll see how successful we are over the next couple of weeks. But um, <laughs> but uh, the first thing we did is even on our site itself, we have something called Festival Pass University um, and you guys should check it out. It's uh, If you go to it, it's, a, it's about the education because we, we come of a place where we already have uh, a bunch of members that are in the traditional space that might not be, um, you know, crypto native. So it gives them an opportunity to come to the site, you know, learn what an NFT is, learn how to create a MetaMask wallet, learn learn how to do all this kind of stuff. Um, so that's going to be there ongoing forever. We'll keep adding content to it. So that's kind of a first step. Um, and in so doing, we'll also do the same within our Discord and, and uh, that piece. The what we're in the process of doing now is partnering with a bunch of other communities in order to help drive awareness of what we're doing. So people will come into the discord. Um, And also, you know, there's also podcasts like yours and others that have a pretty significant following here in the U S so, you know, I'm obviously doing a, a, a few shows with people that are, you know, heavily into some, some other podcasts that are, how do I say, uh, members or listeners of other podcasts that you might know? Um, so the answer is, is we'll see. There's a bunch of influencers we're talking to and they're not traditional hype influencers. They're actually people that love um, being part of projects. Um, so a lot of that is um, the engagement with not only these influencers, but other communities that all share in similar passions.
1: Amazing. Cool. I think we can awesome. pretty much end it there, right, hey, guys? That was, that was good, yeah. yeah. A really, really, really good. Thank you. So insightful. Great to hear um, from someone that's in the space that's doing. It's, it's like it feels traditional, but it feels a little different, and it feels like it's refreshing. You've, you've added that the whole a whole new look. A lot of people are pivoting to what you're talking about. So to, to have it as a, a way that you're launching um, with the different tranches is, is going to be great to to watch, um, and great to to you know maybe be a part of as well. I appreciate Um, it. uh, Thank you so much, Ed. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. We'll check you later.
2: Cool. Thanks. See you, man.